All right, what is going on, guys? It is Christmas Eve. And we're winding down the years. The years? The years? What are we talking about? We're winding down the years. Well, anyway, before we get started on today's episode, we got another go round of some uh, Christmas carols, Christmas uh, salutations from some of the rally guys. So, with that being said, we'll get into that right now in just a minute, but I just wanted to first of all say thank you very much to everybody, all of our listeners, all of the people out in the rally community that have helped support the channel this year. That by far is the best presence so far. So absolutely excited for 2024 and looking forward to it. So let's get to some of these greetings. I want to say to you, your family, have a Merry Christmas, a happy holidays. And if we don't talk before then, a happy and prosperous 2024 with a ton of waypoints and no skip and open penalties. Let's do this. Happy chasing points, North American rally studs. Happy Dave here from Happy Land Ranch in Vegas, baby. Guess what I'm doing? I'm getting ready to open up a new box, and inside that box is a new rally bike. Yeah. Hey, Merry Christmas. Enjoy your families. Enjoy the outdoors. Thank you, Victor, for leading Chasing Waypoints, man. We love it. You and your team. It's fantastic. So we'll see you out on the trail. And remember, it'll make sense when you get there. Enjoy the ride. Hello, Victor, and hello to all you Waypoint Chasers out there. Montana Mike coming to you from the Great White North. And I wanted to wish everyone a very, very... Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and I hope to see each and every one of you out on the trail somewhere in 2024. Hello everyone, this is Slade Robinson from New Mexico, wishing everybody happy holidays. Can't wait to see everyone riding dirt bikes in 2024. Hey everybody out there in off-road dirt world. This is Elizabeth Tree Lizzie Sarla with Chasing Waypoints. Wishing you a Merry Christmas. What a year it has been. I am so excited to wish you a Happy New Year. I cannot wait to bug you for more stories, give you a water at the start line, or cheer you in the finish of whatever 2024 event you're going to be doing. Everybody out there, you're the best. Can't wait to see you soon. Hey everybody, this is your boy Nar. On behalf of Chasing Waypoints, the internet's 739th favorite rally podcast, just want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. Hope you have a great one with your family and friends. Possibly you guys are out there riding all together. Um, just have a great new year. Just make make 24 a banger of the year. Just uh, get out there, ride, take pictures, tag chasing waypoints, and have fun. So looking forward to uh, 24 adventures of brains. And uh, stay tuned because we got NAR files coming up on chasing waypoints. All right, everybody. Have a good one. Talk to you. Once again, guys, thank you very much for tuning in to the podcast episodes. With that being said, 
Let's check out this next episode with Jubal Brown. Alright, what is going on guys? It is time for another episode of the Chasing Waypoints podcast. And well, whoa, wait, 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 did you guys, did you guys notice that there was a, there was a little bit of that, like in that. All right. Enough of that. It is the middle of the week and we are recording tonight's episode or today's episode. You guys are going to hear this on a Sunday and we're recording this a little bit early in the week. Man, it's been a long day. Been up since three, th- three, three thirty in the morning, something like that. I don't know. Eight thirty o'clock at night. Uh, you guys have read the intro. You know who we are talking to tonight. As my watch is going off. That is right. We are going to have Jubal Brown with us on the show tonight. Gnarly Dave making the hookup on that one. These guys were out riding today. Saw some video too of the Mason Klein riding on the Covey 450 rally. I'm telling you, man, I, I think we're going to end up with one in the garage here soon. Talk about a bike, man. That thing has made a splash. A lot of people, a lot of people talking about it, riding it. Lots of stuff going on. So we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. And it is, you know, it's, there's a lot going on with that bike, you know? actually come to think of it at this point i think we've hit the mo or the that sweet spot where enough of them are out where if it was an instant fail as far as a bike goes no you could say oh well the dakar they had factory rally bikes that were prepared you know where each bolt the thread was cut by hand and then blessed and then installed on the bike i don't know can't really say that anymore got enough of them out there with enough miles getting under their belt Lots of different riding styles, lots of different riding types. Some guys wringing their neck. I don't know, Mason was wringing that thing's neck pretty good in the wash today. At least that's what I saw. But if you guys aren't already following, you should be following Mason Klein. And if you haven't subscribed, you should be subscribing because you're going to get to see a lot of behind the scenes stuff. He's been doing this at the Dakar and it's absolutely awesome to see it. You get a little bit of uh, some inside detail there. All right. So I turn down the party just a little bit. How's everybody doing? Huh? 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 Are we out having fun? Are we out doing some riding? I mean, I think so. Dude, and then Covey's got another one. They got that 250 out now. I'm curious to see on that one. Oh, let's let our guests know. Incoming. Let's get everything queued up here. Let's start turning the party down and let's get a hold of Jubal Brown. Make sure we can hear him. <laughs> there it is. We've got a ringtone. Hello. Or is it a dial tone? Jubal Brown, what's going on, sir? How goes it? <laughs> well, it is a Wednesday night. <laughs> How are you nice. guys? Dude, you guys uh you guys did some riding. You sounded pretty fresh for a ride. You guys did what 200 miles today was Nars saying? 
204. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> it's sounding pretty fresh for 204 miles. I took the Mexican 800, bro. I'm I, good. <laughs> I ate, Jubal wore me out today. I ate like five tacos, so I'm good to go. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> How have but, you been? Uh, good, man. It's been busy, busy, busy. And then trying to keep track of all these, uh, all these bikes, man. These Kobe's. It's, going, it's pretty crazy this year, man. Lots of new bikes, lots of brands, lots of bikes. It's an exciting time to be a motorcyclist. It is. And I have to take, I mean, I got to talk about the, the, we'll say the elephant in the room, but not really. Uh, I had no idea that 800 rally was coming. That bike that dropped at Ikema. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, um, it's going to be pretty dang cool. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, it's like, okay, so KTM built the rally. Yeah. We could do that. Hold my beer or beverage of choice. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> so, so that'll be pretty awesome. So how was Ikema? I saw you were out there. I came up with killer. I mean, I'd been one other time before in 2021. And I mean, if you're just a fan of motorcycles, it's that's about the coolest place you can go. There's like so much to see. Uh, I mean, it's absolutely incredible. There's all this, all this stuff that you'll never see in the U S all these little niche bikes, things that you're like, how would that ever sell? And you're like, that's literally like a global seller, huge, huge product line. It just doesn't ever come to the States. Um, all sorts of really innovative displays. I mean, just, and I mean, Europe, I mean, they're just fans of motorcycles, uh, men, women, children, grandmas. It's crazy. Everybody loves motorcycles. They're pumped to be there. So it was really cool, uh, being there with COVID this year, just cause, um, I mean, everybody, everybody knew about COVID. Um, Icoma is this huge, it's like multiple buildings. And so imagine like the biggest Costco you've ever been in. It's like six of those. Um, and so you'll like have to, and they're not all connected. So you'll like walk outside, walk across this thoroughfare, walk back into another building. Wow. We'd be clear on the other side, a like different building as far away as you could be from the Kobe booth. And like, I'd have a Kobe pit shirt on, you know, like a race shirt and people would stop me and just like, start speaking to me in Italian, like asking me all about the bike. And I'm like, yeah, sorry. I, I, I don't speak Italian. And they were like, Oh, and then they'd start asking me all about it in English. So just really cool. Um, that people know about Kobe and, um, are excited about it. So, uh, yes, yeah, it was, it was awesome. And I uh, love seeing the new product. I can't wait to, uh, go get it all dirty. Yeah. Have we, uh, have we heard about when we might see any of those in the state stateside? So they've done a really good job um, with getting some like pre-production samples, getting some test bikes over um, before the production runs. So I started working with the company in, let's say, April, May, and they already had like two 450 rallies over here and had tested them like quite a bit before the production bikes came in September. Mm -hmm. uh, MX250 is same deal. Um, the first container MX250 should be here around Christmas time, nice. but we tested those bikes um, like right after Halloween. They had three of them air freighted over and we were, we shot one day and then did a couple of days of testing messing with suspension clickers and gearing and, and everything. And it's, it's just super cool to be able to have, um, have some test units to figure out, Hey, we actually want it to come with this gearing instead, or what do you think about running this shock spring instead? And, and seeing those immediately trickle 
like to the production bikes is super cool. Uh, so getting back to your question, I think we'll see, hopefully, I mean, Hey, I'm knocking on wood when I'm saying this, don't hold me to it, yeah. but we're really hoping that we'll see, um, some samples of a 450 motocross bike, the 800, uh, first quarter of 24. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, production bikes will probably be like mid year. I would think. Nice. Um, yeah. No, that's good. I mean, that's that's a reasonable considering when we're getting into the holidays, it's still got to get freighted over. So that's obviously got to take some time. So, I mean, that's, yeah, March, you know, somewhere between January, March or February, March or whatever it is. I mean, that's that's reasonable considering that. I mean, the the buzz is there. 450s are there like, you know, the 450 rallies are landing and, and people are gobbling them up. I mean, I'm seeing those bikes everywhere. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think it's like totally reasonable to cut the factory some slack because I mean, they've got something really big going on in January. I mean, it's going to be all hands on deck for Dakar. Mm -hmm. So, oh, yeah, you know, we're, <laughs> we're totally cool with them. Like, yeah, if they don't get us the samples until February or March, it's like, all right, that's all right. You guys are busy doing something pretty cool. So we're yeah. not going to complain. Yeah. Well, and I mean, and this is I, honestly, it's what started the party. Nobody would have known of Kove, I think previously had they not had the results that they just had in the Dakar this last year. Absolutely. Yeah. So now that was actually something I was talking to me in, in the intro. It's like, you've got three rally bikes with three riders that hadn't really done a lot of rally, if any rally before they even showed up to the Dakar, they get in the bikes, all three of them finish, which is crazy. So some people I could see, you know, to, to, to close the doors of a Jep objection to a bike, you know, coming out of China, because of course everybody's, you know, it's a Chinese bike will it finish the Dakar. You could say that, okay, well, those were factory bikes. And like I said, in the, in the intro, you didn't hear, but it's like, yeah, the bolts were, you know, hand cut and blessed and torqued and all this stuff. But now you've got so many of these out in the wild with different riding styles, different areas of, of the North America and the world. And you're not seeing those early, like, Oh yeah, this is exactly, you know, we knew nobody's been able to say, we told you so yet. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think it's like really cool to point out like the bike that I rode today mm -hmm. with NAR is one of the, the rally pros. Mm -hmm. It's literally identical to the bike that raced the car in January. Nice. Um, I mean, it's the same everything. It's the same fork. It's the same tires. It's the same mooses. It's literally like the production racer. So that's pretty cool. I mean, we got to all remember here, like Kove, you couldn't even get a Kove motorcycle in the United States until September. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, it's pretty amazing just how quickly everything is, is moving. I mean, I know lots of keyboard warriors, they like to complain about, oh, well, this isn't ready yet. This isn't ready yet. And you're just like, Kove started in 2018, like founded in 2018. And here they are five years later, like with, you know, three for three at the car rally. Mm -hmm. Super cool. I mean, getting some really innovative, cool bikes over here. And I mean, like ex exceptionally quickly, I feel. And um, so I just think that's that's pretty mind blowing, honestly. I mean, it shows their commitment. And that was a really cool thing at ICMA is like, I don't speak Mandarin at all. Mm -hmm. uh, and the CEOs, I think he's about my age. I mean, like 37, 38 young guy. And, um, he doesn't really speak any English. He knows how to say hello. And that's about it. But 
right away, you can tell like the passion that this guy has for motorcycles. I mean, this guy is crazy about motorcycles, crazy about dirt bikes and everybody there is. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of like haters out there that are like, Oh, China, so on and so forth. I mean, I feel like there's two universal languages, like one of them's music and the other one's motorcycles. You know, it's like you can have just a crazy language barrier. I mean, Mandarin is nothing like English. It's like can't understand a thing that he's saying. But one thing we can understand is that like he loves motorcycles. He's into it and he's really excited to be working with us because we love motorcycles. And it's just like right away, there's like a trust, you know, there's a camaraderie. And uh, I think that's like really powerful stuff. That's that's super cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, in that and I mean, obviously it takes to go from 2018, you know, to think about that 2018 to design a bike that competes in the Dakar to get all of those things right, to be able to have three bikes finish in the Dakar. And then not only that, but at the same time, be producing them in numbers where you're going to be shipping them around the world. I mean, that's a very short time frame, I feel, you know, to develop a bike. I mean, we're sitting at dinner one night when we're in Milan and um, the CEO is sitting like right across from me and then the U.S. importers like just on my right side. So, you know, we're having a good time and we got we got like a couple of translators like helping us out. And we ask him like, hey, you know, kind of to walk us through the story here. Mm-hmm. And um, he points over and he's like that guy right there. That's the first guy I hired. And that guy over on your left, that's the second guy. The guy sitting like five people down, that's the third guy. Oh, and this guy here, he is like, he designed the original, the first bike, the 500X adventure bike. And yeah, I couldn't, uh, I didn't have the money to pay him when I hired him. I said, hey, let's build this bike and if, let's give this a go. And if it works out, then I'll pay you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it's just incredible. And that was, that was 2018. That's crazy. You know, and now here they are. They've got over 800 employees. I mean, it's a huge company. I mean, I'm just it's it's super cool. I'm I've worked with a lot of companies. I'm still working with a lot of companies and I'm just like so genuinely excited about what these guys got going on. It's it's just super yeah. super rad. Yeah. No, I mean it's uh, obviously it's been a uh, uh, the sto- it's been the story for for several weeks. I mean, all the way since last January. I mean, for a year now, it's been the talk of the town. You know, YouTube videos everywhere, posts online, Instagram, all of that stuff. And so, I mean, it that's definitely like it wasn't a hit and run. You know, it didn't burn out after the news cycle left the Dakar. Right once every once the Dakar hangover was, people were still talking about it and and looking to get their hands on it. And then they killed the market. You know, you can't call up KTM right now and be like, yeah, I want one of your rally factory replicas, you know, and and then expect to get one within a few months. Like that's not it just just does not work that way. And much less are you going to get one in the U.S. And if you do, I saw a post yesterday, I think, uh, of one being available in California. Um, I, you know, I don't even want to call because I don't want to I don't want to take a second mortgage on the house. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> they do get that pricey. So it's crazy. So this and then the two versions, right? So there have been and correct me. There's two versions. You've got the rally pro version that's got all the bells and whistles ready to go race. Uh, and then you have like the standard version, right? That's more the adventure right geared towards the adventure rider, but still has a lot of the rally stuff on it. Correct. So 
there's there's like two and a half versions basically so right now none of them are street legal in the u.s it's like off-road version only mm-hmm. uh, i mean if you live in you know certain states um what you do with it once you have it is kind of up to you hint hint mm-hmm. but um so we're working on a homologated one right now and we're about halfway through that process so i mean again like the magic time for us i think is about middle of next year hopefully we'll have a 50 state street legal rally. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so to answer your question right now, we've got like the standard version and that's available in a low seat and a high seat. Um, so the low seat has, uh, it's a lower seat height. It is a lower seat, but it also has a little bit shorter suspension. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sits about, I want to say like an inch and a half inch and three quarters lower. Um, but it's, it has turn signals, uh, you know, not non DOT turn signals. It has uh, like a TFT display screen, it's got switchable ABS, um, more of like an adventure platform. And then the one that I've got is the Rally Pro, and you could literally put it together out of the crate and go race uh, an FIM rally, any of the Mexican rallies, anything you want. It comes with a Scott steering stabilizer, foam grips, suede seat cover, uh, carbon fiber tower, uh, F2R, RB850 roadbook, twin ICOs, Rally Max Gs. I mean, it's yeah. Moose is like it's ready to go. It Vic Taco, it's legit. I mean, I laid eyes on it in the garage, and I was like, "Stop it!" I was impressed. I was impressed. Stop it, or I'm ordering one tomorrow. Dude, it's, a, it's an <laughs> impressive bike, bro. It's impressive. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's it's pretty crazy. Like I got it in September, and it's been so busy with other work that I haven't really ridden it until today. And it's like. I didn't touch any clickers. We didn't set the sag. Like we literally like filled it with gas and went on a 200 mile ride. <laughs> nice. I mean that, and, but that's, that's the thing right there. It's like that, that reliability, everybody thought, you know, like you mentioned earlier, the keyboard warriors going, Oh, we'll make it to the Seven Eleven. Well, yeah, there's some news. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I mean, everything that they've promised us so far has, has, come true right so they're saying there's you know this new 250 motocross bike they've got coming they're like yeah it, it weighs 237 pounds so we pull one out of the crate put it together and it weighs 237 pounds like exactly what they said yeah so i mean with lots of the other stuff coming out if it basically it matches what they're saying it will be mm-hmm. it's like it's going to be next to impossible for the keyboard warriors to find anything to complain about yeah when i mean it- it's Go oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, yeah, when it when it's when it's meeting the specs, because I've seen that, you know, then if if you're a fan and you bleed orange, it's usually like, well, yeah, they said it weighs 237 pounds on paper, but you know, I mean, there's you know the plus or minus, you know, the welds are sometimes a little heavier on, you know, yeah. <laughs> you start to justify things, right? Nice. Right. So, I mean, I I think the proof's gonna be in the pudding. You know, I mean, it's it's gonna get to the point where these people are going to be running out of things to complain about. Well, we're getting there close. And especially with the price point that they're at, I mean, that is very hard to beat by any, by any stretch. I mean, you're they're they're going for prices that are, I'm going to say is kind of unheard of. I mean, they're like, uh, I don't know how far back we need to go, but you know what? 2015 prices, like the pricing on them, you know, I, I obviously I would fully expect for the pricing to start to creep up a little bit. Um, but at the same time, it's like, they're still significantly under what it would cost to go buy an Austrian bike right now. 
and not Absolutely. even have any of that. Yeah, you'd you'd have to do the you'd have to go buy an Austrian bike. You'd have to go buy a six ninety, just to kind of do the math roughly in my head. You got to buy a six ninety for about twelve or fourteen k, and then you're gonna have to go call Aurora or Raid Garage or one of those guys. Actually, it'd probably have to be Aurora because I think they're one of the only ones or Kit six ninety. There goes another seven grand in tanks and all the other fun stuff. So yeah, no, there's, I mean, you could, for the price of building up a 690 to a rally spec to make it look like an RFR, you're at two Coves right now. Yeah. That's yeah. Crazy. I mean, I've, I've personally spent a lot more on bikes that worked a lot worse than this. Than this. You know, it's like, I took something that was more money threw a bunch of money at it and then wasn't anywhere near as good as this is. Now that's something, you know, then that's something that's kind of interesting and not to say, I mean, I, I imagine just like any other bike, it's, you know, there's little details and growing pains and things like that. But something I've been curious about is the, like I've studied in business. I studied this is right. It's usually what happens when a company starts getting too big is if you have, if you need to make a change, you can't pivot just like that. You know, there's a bunch of red tape and all. How's the, like, are they willing to chase down details? Like, how's that relationship? Like, are they still small enough yet big enough? Man, it's, it's crazy how, how quickly they're willing to basically do anything we ask of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just like, Hey, we want to change this and this. Oh, okay. No problem. I mean, the, this container of MX two fifties we've got coming, mm -hmm. like I said, they're supposed to be here around Christmas time. So they've already shipped. Mm -hmm. Um, and we got the test bikes like right after Halloween. So that's not a huge time frame, Right. And we yeah. rode them and we're like, Hey, this is good, but we tried some other gearing and this gearing combo is way better. And they're just like, oh, okay, cool. We'll do that all on the production bikes that we're shipping to you. And then they, you know, they left like a week later with the new gearing that we asked for. Nice. Um, so, I mean, that's super cool. And then like, I got to give a huge shout out to Joe, who's the tech guy at Kobe USA. Like he really knows his stuff. I've been super impressed with the stuff that he's tuned for me. And um, he's like, yeah, like I want to kind of change this EFI map and I want it to be like this. And he calls and talks to uh, the EFI guy over there and they're like, yeah, no problem. And like send him a new map for this MX 250 so we could like try it out. And it's just nobody's doing that. You know, they're just like, <laughs> you know, I've worked with a lot of other companies that you, you'll bug them for like six years to make the simplest change. And they're just like completely unwilling to do it. Yeah. And uh, I mean, of course, I'm like not going to name any names, but it's just it's amazing like how. It's just like, hey, here's what we think we should do. And they're just like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. And it, it just happens. Nice. Yeah. I mean, that and that's that's an interesting one because that's usually what happens is like you have I mean, there's like certain bikes that have certain cam issues and, you know, things just don't like you. It, there's just kind of this question mark on whether things are actually changing, whether things are actually being done. You know, it's uh it, I don't know. It, it just, I, I mean, I have a bike for sale, you know, thinking about that kind of stuff, you know, it's like, damn, you know, I don't ride it enough. And gnarly Dave's in the back. Yeah. You need to ride more. I know he can. <laughs> yeah, <you do. laughs> so that's like, you know, I, I, you know, I think about it. It's like all of these things, all of these little changes, how receptive, how quickly, you know, are you going to see updates and then the parts availability? Hey, yeah, we got this better combination. I mean, it seems like it's, 
it's already proven to be like a tighter community. Like I found out pretty fast about, you know, like, yeah, uh, if you're going to race it, you know, going up two teeth on the rear sprocket, you know, that's kind of the move that, you know, you get a little bit more out of the engine and you don't suffer too much on the top end. So it seems like it's, it's cool because it's this little community and everything is just going back and forth and being shared. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've been impressed with the community so far. I mean, there's a lot of haters, but most of those haters, like they, they haven't ridden one. They haven't seen one, you know, they're never going to buy one. They're just talking trash to talk trash. The people that are getting them, they're like right away, like, Hey, let's, let's dig into these things that, you know, I changed mine to be like this Mm -hmm. and they share it with us. They share it with the group. Um, and I mean, there's, there's already some pretty cool stuff happening quickly. You know, there's some guys that are like way into 3d printing and they're making, you know, like another, basically another way to mount your phone on there, like in addition to the tower or uh, like a 3d printed wash cover, you know, so you can pull the filter out, throw it on there, pressure wash under there. I mean, it's, it's amazing how quickly that stuff's happening. Yeah. I already, I already printed out the phone holder. (laughs) <laughs> the tablet holder whatever that that one yeah, that came so, out so you know i mean yeah. it's just like and i mean again i i just want to state like you couldn't even get one of these until september i mean it's only been a couple months ago and it's like already there's all this stuff coming yeah which is cool yeah and i mean and that's uh again this is it it goes back to something interesting and i is there's already an like if this was the second week you know, of the bikes being here and one, the bike that was raced, not being the bike that's being delivered. Um, there's already enough of them out there. And if you look at just miles in total, you know, um, there's enough bikes out there. There's been enough miles out there. So if it was a flop and what, you know, I think a lot of the keyboard warriors and I'm, I, I, I'm reiterating this enough of the keyboard warriors were after this bike it's kind of already proved them wrong because it would have happened. You know, you would have seen these things already. There's a collective, you know, I don't know, put a number on it. There's a hundred thousand miles already put on these bikes state, you know, in North America, we'll say. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, pretty much all the, any of the complaints that I've heard from people that have ridden them or bought them, mm-hmm. you know, they'll be like, Oh, well, it's, the suspension's really stiff on the pavement or, you know, maybe like the low speed fueling, like taking off from the stoplight is I, I wish it was a little smoother. And I'm just like, man, like they built this thing to go race through the desert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I didn't notice any of that today. You know, we're yeah. blasting through sand whoops and hitting these big OG outs. And I think I bought it once in 200 miles, you know, and I mean, the power, everything's awesome. It's yeah. I, I think people have to remember like, Hey, they built this to race the car and now they're offering it to the public. So, I mean, if you're looking for something to go to like Starbucks on a Sunday that, yeah, you know, it might be a little bit too stiff a suspension, but, um, you know, it's not, it's not really like a looker. I mean, they actually built it to do this stuff and, and I mean, it shows. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, and then again, that's something that's, that's interesting is it's subjective because if you're trying to ride it like a hundred horsepower Austrian bike, it's not, it doesn't have that. It's still a 450. Okay. The cam is maybe a little bit, builds the power up a little bit higher. It's got eight gallons worth of gas. So even if you were used to riding a 450, you've doubled the amount of gas that the thing holds. So there's, I think there's a lot of things that are maybe kind of subjective to that. Like you don't realize that this is kind of normal for a rally bike you know, and for a bike of this type of build, 
you know, a fully loaded, a fully loaded bike with full gas or even at half gas, the suspension's got to be tuned a certain way. You know, I think that a, a Honda or any of the Austrian brands, if you've got two gallons of gas, that's 14 pounds. That's all you got to deal with. That's a half tank or that's a full tank on a lot of these bikes. So you got to deal with seven pounds again, but on a, on something like this, what's the capacity? Almost eight gallons. Yeah. Eight gallons. Yeah. So right then, right there, you've carrying at least four gallons of gas where you wouldn't normally carry it. So that's kind of a, you know, I, I right away, I pick up on that being kind of subjective, like, yeah, I, you know, the suspension's a little bit stiff, but I don't know. I feel like the suspension on my bike sometimes is a little bit stiff, but yeah, if you step it up a little bit, it changes hey, so the characteristic. So taco. So we did, um, burritos in the sky rally route, which you're familiar with. We did yes. that one time in the rain. Mm-hmm. So I was chasing jubes around the desert today and doing on a GoPro. And then I was honestly looking at his bike to see if it like stepped out in certain situations or, you know, stepped out here or pushed here. And like, he, he didn't touch any clickers today or anything. And that thing just tracked fully loaded or half empty. That thing was pretty impressive. It tracked everywhere. Yeah. Now that's interesting. And and you guys haven't gotten any real like rain up there. Like I remember that. And there was a lot of areas that had like sand washes that were a little bit, I mean, they looked like, I think that especially the last one where we came down into where we really got caught by the rain. Yeah. That was pretty, I mean, in the way it was awesome, but if you guys probably today was pretty dry. Yeah, it was dry, but it was fast. It was fun. Definitely nice. fun. Nice. Yeah. See, so every, I mean, everybody like I, I honestly, I mean, I've, I, in my nine to five, I just put up videos and I watch videos and sometimes, yeah, I'll get into like a Covey playlist and it's just video after video after video. And nobody really has anything other than, I think I saw one video where the guy was like, well, you know, but then I look, I look over at the screen and I'm going, well, bro, you're supposed to be on a 300 two stroke bike. in this stuff why are you why are you on a full weight rally bike like yeah almost like a no shit moment you know it's like dude (laughs) you know it's there you're doing this like what's you know so but not to talk bad i mean that's what you need i mean if you you know people i mean i've seen people do some really strange things on 790s and 890s where they shouldn't be but you know yeah well i mean paul tares yeah there we go (laughs) first of all What else needs to be said? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Questions? <laughs> well, and I mean, even that, and then you go and you look at like, say, Quinn Cody on the, uh, on the 890, you know, doing hair scrambles on the thing. And I'm, that's just insane to me about doing a bomb run on a bike that's got double the horsepower of anything on, <laughs> on the line with it. Yeah. So, but nice. So actually let's kind of rewind back a bit. How did, tell me about you. Cause I know we've, I mean, I've seen you at some of the rallies. I think the very first rally I saw you at, you were down in, um, at Baja rally with Baja dad. I believe you were on an AJP back then. Yep. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, how did this whole rally thing get started? How did the Covey adventure get started? So, I mean, I've basically worked on the, worked in the industry nonstop since I got out of college. So like my first gig was at Cherubis. Uh, I worked there at 11, 12 and 13 and that was super sick. Uh, have nothing but good thing to say about those guys, but I just wanted to go do some racing and I just, I don't know. I kind of had this itch that I wanted to scratch that I never thought I'd like make a bunch of money doing it, but I just wanted to go do it. I really wanted to go to six days, like super bad. So 
And I knew that I wasn't going to like get there if I was, you know, sitting at the desk five days a week. So, um, I left the charities like on super good terms and, um, basically just, uh, sponsored myself for a couple years with a MasterCard. <laughs> And um, trained a bunch, worked with Steve Hatch a lot, just like busted my ass, made it to six days, which is like really all I wanted. You know, I just, I just, from the first time I saw on any Sunday and I saw Malcolm Smith and LS Coriel, I'm just like, I want to do that someday. So did that, check that box. And um, like last year of racing full time was 2016. I rode for the RPM KTM team. And, uh, by the, yeah, by then I was like 30. So I'm like, all right, time to, uh, you know, time to get back to a real job. But I'm like, I didn't really want to be punching a clock doing a nine to five thing. So I, I just had a lot of experience with, um, you know, racing and sponsorship, but then like the other side of things, you know, not, not so much being like the writer, like wanting all the stuff, but like what as, as a writer can I do for the company to like make me stand out, you know, to make companies want to work with me. Mm-hmm. Cause I wasn't always like the fastest guy, but I wanted to bring like the most value mm-hmm. um, to a brand. So just kind of really started going with that. I started working with gas gas. Uh, this is pre KTM. Mm-hmm. So I worked for gas gas, 16, 17, 18, and that was super cool. I, I worked with some great people over there that taught me a lot um, and just kept like broadening the horizons, you know, like really tried to learn from people who had been doing it a long time and um, take a lot of notes from them. But then also think like, what can I bring to the table? You know, what could what can I offer? Um, so end of 2018, I went out on my own just doing consulting. So photo, video, graphic design, websites. Um, that's like my gig. And, uh, so I was doing stuff with AJP and I still do some work for AJP, uh, Riehu, SWM, Electric Motion, um, Rabaconda, Funnel Web Filters, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I build websites for them or do videos or whatnot. And, um, so the, the Kove importer, uh, before he was the Kove importer, he does GPX also, Gary Goodwin in Utah. And mm-hmm. I had, I'd been bugging him for like a solid two and a half years being like, hey, man, like we should work together. I think we'd be a good fit. And um, but it was always like over the phone or email. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we just kind of went back and forth and like we'd almost get something going. Like I felt like I almost like hook him and then, you know, something would happen. And um so right when they released this covey, you know, just the pictures saying, Hey, this is coming soon. Like put your money down, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, man, like I really want that bike. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put the deposit down. It's like a thousand dollar deposit to hold one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put it down and that'll guarantee a face-to-face meeting with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of like, I'm going to roll the dice a little bit here. Like, I guess if worse comes to worse, I end up with this cool bike, but I just like kind of roll the dice. I'm going to, I'm going to put some money down on this. That'll like force a meeting. Mm-hmm. And then they had a booth at aim and I was at aim expo anyway. And I walked over and I was like, Hey, I'm that guy that's been bugging you for the last two plus years. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's still a lot to be said for a face to face. You know, we really like hit it off and stayed in contact afterwards and, you know, fast forward uh, a couple months. And I mean, I'm super pumped to be a part of the team. Nice. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, obviously that's the persevering and not taking no for an answer. 
you know, and, and making it happen. I mean, that's, that's awesome. You know, and it's, you know, I think it takes that like all these different, you know, the different avenues and all that stuff. The motorcycle industry is, is, is huge, but at the same time, it's small, you know, there's not, you know, uh, the number of racers, sponsored racers and, and the money and stuff like that. I mean, I don't, uh, I know what, what's the old adage for racing. If you, if you want to make a large fortune, uh, racing, start with an even bigger one or something like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, and we'd like to thank MasterCard for, <laughs> for helping you yeah, out thanks. those years. <laughs> yeah. Thanks MasterCard. <laughs> yeah. Never, never mind the interest rate. That's, you know, whatever. <laughs> That's, oh, you know, man. No, it, it was, it was a bad deal, but I, you know, honestly, I don't regret it. Like it, it got me where I am and I'm just, I'm super thankful um, that I like kind of rolled the dice and went against the, you know, I mean, I think my parents thought I was crazy. Like, Oh, you're going to leave this great job at a charities and you're going to do what now? Yeah. Right. And I'm just like, yeah, no, it'll, it'll be great. And, uh, I mean, it worked out, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't be here without all the people that like helped me out. So I'm super thankful for that. And, you know, I, I don't know, I guess like, I know you didn't ask me for any advice, but I just say like, pay attention to like what people are telling you and, you know, learn from them and grow from it. And if you, if you want to do something like go for it and do it with your own voice, but like definitely listen to the people that are willing to help you along the way. Cause a lot of people are willing to step up, especially like in motorcycling, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, like NAR. I mean, you know, I met NAR on a tour like a couple years ago and like we'd been in contact and then it's just like, yeah, like come stay at my house, come do this. And you know, that's the craziest thing. It's like, all these people, you know, if you just met like some random person somewhere, it wouldn't be like, Hey, come stay at my house. And then it's like, Oh wait, you ride dirt bikes. Yeah. Cool. Come stay at my house. Nice. And, uh, I mean, I got friends all over the world from that. Um, the common, the common language of motorcycles. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's one of the two universal languages. Yeah. Nice. And so, I mean, that's, so we've talked about, you know, you're riding the, riding the 250 right now or the 450s and you guys have been testing the, the 250s. I mean, as there, how, what have you seen on the 250 side of things? I mean, it's kind of changing a little bit, but are we, are we going to see a bike that's just as good as, as what the 450 is? So it's really, it, their approach to it has been like pretty cool. So, I mean, there's a lot of buzz at Icoma about this new Rally 450, mm-hmm. you know, the 450 EX. And um, people kind of right away were panicking a little bit, being like, oh, man, like I just bought this 450 Rally. Like, is it already obsolete or, you know, uh, uh, did, I, did I purchase poorly? And it's like, absolutely not. I think what's interesting about it is like, I don't want to say Covey was in such a hurry, but they were just so like, like gung ho about like making this big push and making it happen. I mean, the, you know, they designed on the 450 rally, they made the frame from scratch, the body work, everything. And then they went with, uh, they didn't have time to like make their own motor. So they used the Zhang Shen NC 450 motor in, in the original rally bike. Mm. And that's a single overhead cam, uh, super low performance. I mean, it'll run forever, but it's just not really a barn burner when it comes to power. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, okay, well, this is what we can use right now, but it's not going to work like this. So they made their uh, own like complete top end. So it's a Kove, uh cylinder head, dual overhead cam setup. Uh, the cases were real, real wide on that motor. So they did uh, 
new inner clutch cover, new outer clutch cover, different flywheel, like all different cases to like slim it down and get everything going. So now this new bike that's coming, the 450EX, this is their motor that, you know, they've had a little time to like catch up, design their motor. Mm-hmm. Um, so same deal with, um, with this 250. Um, the, the ones that we have, this first batch coming, it's, it looks a lot like a, a Zhongshan NC250 motor, but same deal that they weren't happy with the performance. Um, so they changed the entire top end. It's their own proprietary stuff. It's their own crank. Uh, their own flywheel, their own clutch. Um, and I mean, my job when I'm testing these things is to try to destroy it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're yeah. like, break it. And I'm just like, all right. You and, said so. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we rode the holy crap out of these things um, for two days in Utah at 5,000 feet on this dry, nasty sand track, moto, moto track. Um, and the first day we rode them, we took them out of the crate and they, they even like put dots on the bars where they want you to line it up with the triple clamp and dots where they want you to line up the, the perches. And so literally we pulled them out of the, the crate. We lined everything up exactly the way it came. Like we didn't check the sag. We didn't do anything. We like put oil in them, you know, cause they don't ship with oil mm-hmm. and we just rode them and we're just like, we wanted to see what they were like, you know, how, how good are they? How bad are they? Are they awesome? Are they terrible? And, um, right away we were like, okay, I mean, it's pretty dang good. I've ridden a lot of those other bikes with that same motor in it. And these perform way better. Um, so then we, we powwowed, you know, we sat down with a pad of paper and figured out what do we want to try? And well, let's try this, uh, this gearing combo and let's try that gearing combo and so on and so forth. And, so that night we went back and got some sprockets and the whole next day we're like, all right, we're kind of done shooting now. Let's, um, let's set them up. So they picked a bike for me cause I'm six, two and you know, 195 pounds. And they picked a bike for the tech, mm-hmm. uh, who's man, he's gotta be like five, six, probably 150 pounds. And they're like, settle up for you. Uh, you know, the way you would want to ride it. So like I moved the bars the way I wanted it. I set the steering stem tension the way I wanted it. Um, Click the clickers around, threw the gear in on. And by the end of that second day, I was super, super happy with it. Um, So is it like the absolute horsepower king of the class? No. Um, Is it completely capable of like doing anything you want to do with it? Like I totally think so. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, that's so, that's an interesting. Sorry to interrupt, but that that's actually an interesting thing. Is like there's only there's the majority. I think the majority of the people that are going to get on that bike, you know, are they going to notice that it's down three horsepower, four horsepower versus you know a factory bike or whatever? Like the majority of the people buying this bike aren't going to be buying it because at some point they're going to line up next to a rally factory replica and they're going to have to go try and pull one in the sand dunes or on some dry lake bed in Saudi. You know, that's not the, that's not the genre. You know, you, you obviously the, like you were saying earlier is like, you just want a bike that's going to run forever. Right. Right. And so this MX 250, I mean, I think it's, it's awesome. I mean, it's, it's under $6,000 retail for, brand new bike. I mean, I write the marketing text and I yeah. put in there. The only thing outdated about this bike is the price. 
Yeah. I mean, it's like when I was uh, moving my, my parents sold their place and I was cleaning everything out for them. And uh, I found a bunch of my motocross actions and dirt bikes and whatnot from like 2006 and, you know, Honda, Yamaha, Suzuki, everything was 6,000 bucks. It was, you know, 2006, 2007, 2008. And, you know, here we are 2023 and it's literally 5999. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. I mean, nice. am I like going to go race a pro national on it? Like, absolutely not. Um, am I going to be able to like show up, you know, to like a local hair scramble and like do just as well as I do on like my Suzuki or my Yamaha? Like, yeah, yeah. like no problem. Yeah. And I mean, there's a, and that's the thing is that there's a whole market for that. I mean, like that's why the used bike market is so crazy expensive now because people don't want to pay the retail. Well, first of all, if you walk in, they're going to hit you with like a, you know, 66.8% APR on, you know, the, that $12,000 that they're going to finance for you. So it's like money's very expensive right now. So the idea of being able to get a bike, that's going to get the job done, go out, have fun for, 6k you know that's that's pretty awesome yeah because i mean there's some absolute garbage selling for six thousand dollars used on marketplace right now yeah you know i'd rather start out with a brand new bike um i will say too i mean i was telling you earlier about their engine plan so Mm -hmm. um the chassis on the mx250 is fantastic i mean the brakes are just unbelievably good the suspension works killer I mean, I've just made like a couple clicker changes and set the sag and I was like completely happy with it. Like I'd be ready to, go, I'm more of like a hair scramble enduro guy, but like I'd be ready to go do a, like a Western hair scramble on this thing, like the way it sits. Yeah. Um, but again, like this is just the placeholder. I mean, I don't want to get like too much into it, but they're already developing their own motor, you know, their own hundred percent Kove 250 F motor and it's 10 pounds lighter and four more horsepower. So, so, so yeah, so coming soon, but yeah. it's also one of those things. It's like right now, the biggest selling point is the price. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you keep that killer price and then you have, you know, weight and power that's equal with everybody else, yeah. it's like, that's killer. Well, and then, I mean, and, and I mean, here's another food for thought for the people, you know, the, as I say, for the people playing the home game, if you really, really were ambitious, if the bike costs that much, how much do you think that motor is going to be? You know, if you try and get a crate motor, uh, you know, to purchase a motor, if you really, if you really, 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 really are going to notice those 10 pounds less and those four more horsepower, if it's really like, like, you know, you need that, you know, shiny object syndrome. I don't think it's, you know, I I don't think a lot of people are going to notice it, you know, to a point where they're like, oh, that's, you know, unless you're racing or like you're saying, you know, that, that you're in more of a competitive type field, but. But that was like, that was my, exactly what you're saying is what I was thinking at first. Um, but then I really got to thinking about it more, you know, like once I set it up for myself, you know, with like some gearing and and the sag and everything, I was like, okay, like I could go on as fast on this as like any of my other bikes. And it's like, I got a 23 RMZ in the garage, which I know everyone loves to hate on those too, but we got a, we got a 22, the yellow headed stepchild, right? (laughs) Yeah, We got a 22 KX 250 in the garage, you know, the KX 250 F, which is, you know, people love those things. And I mean, the Kove weighs exactly the same. So it's like, I'm not going to complain about the Kove weighing 237 when our other two bikes that we love and race like 
successfully the last couple of seasons to weigh exactly the same amount. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, I, I don't, I don't even think you need to like to wait. Um, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm on my way after I'm riding with NAR, I'm headed to Utah to like pick up my bike and I can't wait to ride it. Honestly, like my stuff's going to, my Suzuki's going to sit and my Yamaha's going to sit while I'm riding this Kobe because I'm just as happy riding it. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's actually, so comparing the bikes as far as like, that's something that I've recently been, been hearing a lot more of, you know, uh, in talking a, a while back ago and talking to Jacob Argybright about, uh, about the Cowies, you know, they just have like the chassis just feels a little softer and just, it feels more plush along, you know, that the harsh desert terrain, it, it feels like more flexible, like through the pegs, it doesn't feel as harsh. Now, what are some of the characteristics you noticed on the 250? Did you notice any? Cause it, I mean, you've ridden a few of the different bikes. Yeah. So we've got, uh, I got a 23 YZ, 23 Suzuki, 22 Cowie, and then in the garage right now. And then we had a couple 23 Riehus mm-hmm. and some TMs and, I mean, the garage is like ridiculous right now, but that's a good problem to have. Um, <laughs> I didn't, and, I, I mean, didn't hear any orange, <laughs> any of the um, orange ones. <laughs> the most recent, uh, white or the white KTM was a 22. Yeah. I had a FE 501 uh, oh, okay. in the garage up until this summer. So, I mean, I, I think it's like fair to say that I've ridden like lots of other bikes and have lots in the garage to compare to. Mm-hmm. And, um, quality wise, like the Cove stuff is as nice as anything else. Like the bolts are super nice. The fit and finish is super nice. I mean, like the seat on that rally bike, like it literally, it just like click right into place. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're not like get in there banging on it, trying to get it to latch. <laughs> um, you know, there's no like weird gaps or anything. And and that MX two fifty, you know, um, when I first saw it, I was thinking like, ah oh, man, like I don't know about the shroud. It's kind of a weird shape. And then like I see it in person and I sit on it and I'm like, wow, this thing's like super narrow. And then we rode it all for two days. And I'm like, there's, I didn't catch my boot on this once. I didn't catch my knee brace on this once, you know, it's super narrow in the back. Um, so I was super impressed with that. Like, especially for a first effort, mm-hmm. um, like just how well it worked. And then I'm sitting there thinking like, oh, I bet if we change the gearing to this, it'll feel like this. And I bet if I, you know, uh, let's see, drop the forks in the clamp one line and I uh, go like a half turn softer on the, the low speed. That'll give me the feeling that I want and like click, click, click and went out and I'm like, it, it just did exactly what I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I set it up exactly how I'd set up my other bikes and it responded identically to anything else we have in the garage. So that's cool. You know, you're not having to like reinvent the wheel or ride it completely different or um, anything like that. So yeah, that's impressed me for sure. Yeah. There's nothing like on the, and that's actually something interesting, I guess. I don't know. Uh, if you're Valentino Rossi and you get on a bike on the street, you're going to notice chassis things. But if the chassis stuff was way off fork rate, just even just the suspension general settings and all that right away, I, that would something that you would notice like immediately in the dirt. Oh, like absolutely. you can't hide that the front end wants to constantly wash out on you because the rake isn't correct or, you know, uh, I don't know, steering head angles. No, I offsets. mean, if you have the foot pegs in the wrong place, there's like, there's no fixing that, you know, yeah. you'll notice it right away and you'll be like, great. Like these are too far forward or whatever. And 
Yeah. Next, I mean, yeah, next thing you know, you've got 10 millimeter back with five millimeter drop pegs on the thing. <laughs> what yeah. the hell is this? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, why are the, uh, why are the pegs welded to the swing arm? I'm just curious. <laughs> oh yeah. That's uh, I, I like them there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just setup thing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean that that's, you know, it, and it's good to hear. And I mean, and it's cool that it's in, in very quick succession, like, it's not a whole year long process or maybe it was for them. And, and maybe it's cause there's not so many, like there's not like in Austria, there's not a whole like crew of photographers standing outside the gates, waiting to catch the glimpse of the next unicorn, you know, coming out of the factory. Right. But it seems like, you know, the bikes are coming fairly quickly. I mean, and it's a, and it's a wide range of bikes. It's not just, you know, I mean, and obviously there's street bikes involved too, but as far as the adventure market goes and the off-road side of it, it's like one after the other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or, or simultaneous even. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're launching on, on both sides. Now, as far as the company goes, is there an affinity to one or the other? Like, are they like, they're really street bike guys, but they want to do off-road stuff or is it split down the middle? What's it like? The vibe that I get is, is dirt. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I think the street bike stuff's going to be really great. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like seeing the CEO and, and talking to him and like talking to the guys, you can just tell they just, man, they just love dirt bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, which is cool. But I mean, even like their, their street bike stuff, I mean, they're, they have one uh, that we're not really planning on bringing into the U S but it's, um, it's their 450 RR and it's a full on like, you know, track bike. Um, and it's four cylinder, 450, um, 16,000 RPM red line. Ooh, and it's just like, you know, that's something else that like the keyboard warriors love saying, Oh, they just copy everyone. They just copy everyone. And I like, I, I want to go on record basically saying like Kobe is the first, Chinese manufacturer that is like plotting their own road. I mean, it's their own design stuff. I mean, and, and that 450 RR is like the proof in the pudding. Like who, you know, who did they copy on that? Like nobody, nobody's doing that. Yeah. Well, and then, and then, and then there's a whole nother side of things that you could say that they also do do a lot of white label stuff. And for those playing the home game, it's like, Hey, we have this fact. It's like, the Austrian brands didn't invent the tapered roller bearing. Right. Somebody else designed and made it and they get to pick and choose who the manufacturer is going to be for them. And then they approach them and they say, I want a million of these. This is the part number. I need you to engrave on it. These are the engine covers. I need you to put on it. These are the colors that I want this said engine to be. And it's a white label engine. This company has built this engine. It's like the, what is it? The three nineties are all built in India. Yeah. So it's the same thing. It's just, it's a white label motor built to certain specs and then it ends up with a certain branding on it. And that's, it is what it is. So I don't know how it's, the line is blurred on whether it's a copy or not. Like you'd have to like literally try really, really hard to figure out whether or not it actually was a copy or it was just the major manufacturer actually asked for it to be rebranded. Right. Right. But I mean, I'm just saying that they're, they're, they're plotting their own path. I mean, you yeah. can, you know, their, their new 250 motor, their new 450 motor. Like you can take a picture of both sides of that motor and line it up with a picture of 
any of the other motors and it nope. doesn't look the same. That's awesome. I mean, and, I, yeah. and that's, I mean, that's really cool. And that's the dedication because I mean, honestly, the easy way out is yeah. Hit up, you know, one of the other manufacturers and be like, here, I don't want to, uh, I shouldn't say easy way out, but it's one of the avenues that's widely used across the entire industry. Yeah. So that's awesome to see that they're actually like, okay, no, 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 we're going to develop our own motor. And to hear some of the numbers that you're saying, I mean, four horsepower, I mean, to be honest, you can, I mean, you can cheat it out of a bike, drop the gearing and, and work on the mapping a little bit. You'll get four more horsepower on that. You could get a dyno to show that it's got, you know, hell, you, I mean, you, you gear the thing 1350 and do a dyno pull in first gear and you're going to have the world's first 450 with 150 horsepower. Right. <laughs> so there's ways around the numbers on, on paper. Right. And so, but what you can't cheat is 10 pounds. 10 pounds is 10 pounds. There's no way to get 10 pounds lighter unless you start making magnesium. You start using a lot more of other materials, you know, in there and, and actually engineering it and design. There's really not a way to cheat that weight. Yeah. So, so that is, it's awesome to see or hear that they're actually like, okay, no, no we're, we're going to do our own, you know, our own version of this. Yeah, we kind of live on WeChat when we're communicating back and forth with a factory. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool because like, you know, we'll be back and forth on WeChat with the sales guys or with the development guys. And like the CEO is on there all the time and we'll like chime in. Mm-hmm. And I mean, one thing that like stuck out to me is pretty cool. Like we kind of gra- we grabbed a screenshot of it because he, he basically sends a um, it's like a dyno graph of, you know, all the 450s. Mm-hmm. You know, red, yellow. Well, let's see, red, red, other red, uh, <laughs> orange, white, red, yellow, ish. green, blue, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, and there's the new Kobe 450 motor, and the dyno is like it's right there towards the top yeah. with anything else on there. And he says, you know, if somebody can build this, we can build it. Mm-hmm. You know, why, why like shortchange ourselves? Why be like, oh, you know, we could never do that. It's like, if it's possible to build it, we can, you know, someone can build it, then that someone can be us. There's no reason why it can't be that way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's super cool, you know, because like traditionally stuff coming out of China has all been like low cost, um, sometimes questionable quality, but that's, that's because that's what's, that's kind of what's been in demand here. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you can look at Harbor Freight, for example. It's like the reason Harbor Freight got their start was because there was already a bunch of like expensive, you know, uh, Craftsman or Snap-on or Matlock tools or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like that was the opening was like the cheap and expensive tool. That doesn't mean that they're not capable of building you the nicest, highest quality, anything that you want. Yeah. I mean, you know, this iPhone 15 I'm talking on right now is made in China and it's awesome. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of one of those things that I think Covey is, they're going to kind of change that status quo of being like, hey, you can have anything as nice as Austria, as nice as Japan. Um, it's just coming from us. And and that's that really kind of um, resonated with me when he said, you know, if somebody can build it, we can, you know, we can build it. Yeah. Like if it's possible to be built, like we, we can do it. Yeah. Well, and that, and, and again, I kind of go back to the other side of where it's still, uh, you know, I don't know what their total production is per quarter on, on the bikes, but just the idea, like it, it's obviously, it's not going to be the size of the Austrian brands or of the Japanese brands, 
um, that have been in the game for much longer. They have, you know, huge, huge manufacturing facilities, but it's still it the pace where they can meet the demand. And more importantly, it sounds like make changes and are willing to make changes quickly. I think that that to me is the death of a company, especially the bigger it gets is like, okay, here's an issue with this. And it could literally turn into where people are, you know, lose faith in that brand. But the, but it's because usually it's like, oh, this issue came up and they're telling me they're not going to cover it. This isn't going to happen or blah, blah, blah. And then it just continues to carry over several months of new shipments and because they haven't changed anything. And so it's good to hear like, you know, yeah, they're one, they're passionate about what they're building. And then two is that they're willing to adapt and change and, and test and, and get something new. You know, that that's that's huge. So are you going to be uh, are you going to be headed to Dakar? Um, you started breaking up super oh. bad and I didn't catch the last part of what you said. Oh, no, we were talking. I was just mentioning that it's like it's I think it's very important and it's huge how the company is 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 big enough to start like meeting the demand and what's out there. But also the fact that they're willing to change and adapt really quickly, you know, like they're taking feedback, they're making adjustments, they're they're looking to innovate, you know, their own thing instead of just following what everybody else wants to do. So I, I think that's that's huge. Oh, um, Satell- satellites are moving. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to agree because I heard about uh, 20% of what you said. About 20%. Um, it, it, it's you, good. <laughs> are you going to Dakar? Can, um, can, you, can we hang up and you can call me back real quick? Like you're in full robot voice mode Uh-oh. now. Uh-oh. It's the, it's the serializer. Yeah, let me, uh, I'll give you a call back in just a sec. All right, let's turn that off for just a second. We're currently experiencing technical difficulties. Please hang tight while we call them back. Uh, okay, so yeah, that, I mean, you guys heard it. I don't need to repeat it again, but I think that's super important uh, to be able to basically swap it around and make it happen and and do things like gearing changes and uh, spring changes and things like that quickly on production stuff. We're not talking about like, okay, cool, we're going to send you all of these springs and you tell us, and then eventually we'll change it in the, you know, 2024 quarter three, we'll actually implement it into the bikes. You know, it's, it's awesome to see that. So I want to know if, uh, I want to know if uh, Jubal is going to be going to the Dakar. Let's try and get him back on the phone. Can you hear me now? Hello. Yes, we can hey, hear you now. <laughs> it's taco time. It's taco time. I gotta, taco we, time. Yeah, I gotta get that uh, that tune that I sent you, the Taco Time tune. <laughs> you, you literally turned into a Terminator, and Nara and I are sitting here looking at each other You're like, like uh, <laughs> "No, Adventure Taco, <laughs> what happened?" <laughs> no, it got weird for a sec. Yeah, it's it just a little bit questionable. We're not really sure what was going on. <laughs> We're not sure if anybody was in it. FBI was zoned in, something like that. I don't know. All right, <laughs> are you are you going to Dakar? Uh, are you allowed to so say close, taco he was so Dude, close so close so oh. the deal with mason came together like so last minute that we didn't really have time to to plan and so i mean like gary who's the head guy at Covey usa like we looked at each other and we're like 
man, like we should try, probably try to make this happen. So it looked like, looked like we we're going to make it happen. And we talked to like ASO who's the rally organizer. And we're like, oh, I think we can do it. And then we found out like how much it was going to be per person just for us to be there. Mm-hmm. And we're just like, Dude, that is not in the budget. Like, you know, uh, 15 days from now when we'd have to leave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, so, I think you even have to pay. I don't want to say it's like. I hear it is very expensive just to go hang out, you know, just to yeah. be part of support crew. Yeah, I'm talking like some zeros and a I, comma. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's there's like there's a zero in front of the comma. <laughs> that, that's just so crazy. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh man, my blood was pumping for a second because I was like, yes, absolutely. I'm ready. I'm like, oh, let me check my schedule. Yeah, it's clear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hi, nine but, to five. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. But hopefully, um, you know, hopefully uh, next year. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. With a little more planning, we could definitely pull it off. But just, man, that that much money, that that quick of uh, that short of notice, it was just, was not a smart idea. Yeah, no, I mean, it's obviously, yeah, it takes, I mean, for a competitor, it takes a while. I'm, to be honest, I'm super stoked that Mason was able to get a ride with Covey, uh, you know, get, get a bike and he's being able to, because not many people can string together a Dakar effort like last minute. And it's one thing to go like, yeah, we want to go as, as a brand rep or whatever it is to go hang out. It's a whole nother one to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm hi, I'm. Mason and I'm here to race, you know, it's a, yeah. that's a whole nother deal, you know? So, I mean, that's, that is super awesome. And obviously it's, a, it's a huge thing for, for Covey also to have him, you know, on the, on the team privateer, but, you know, being able to, to, to run the bikes, uh, for them. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're super pumped. Um, I mean, it's a great thing for the entire brand, but I mean, especially us in the USA, I mean, you know, we, Americans tend to uh, gravitate towards Americans at like any sporting event. Right. Um, I mean, the Olympics are like a prime example and I'm, I'm totally guilty, dude. I love the Olympics, but like, I don't know anything about curling until the winter Olympics every four years. And then I'm like, you know, USA, USA, (laughs) you sweep that floor. (laughs) Yeah. You sweep that thing. So I I think that'll really help with some, some brand notoriety in the U S you know, it's cause it's cause like, Mason's a great dude. Uh, he's definitely got a following here. And I mean, I think it's a great match. Um, I rode with Mason yesterday, um, which, you know, which was awesome. And I mean, he's pumped about it and yeah. we're pumped about it. And yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It it's looks, yeah. I saw, uh, I saw a video clip today of him, uh, railing one of those washes, uh, coming off the road. And I was just like, oh man, he makes that, he makes it look easy. <laughs> yeah. Oh Yeah. For sure. No, we had a great time and we were out there. Um, I was out there like all day yesterday and we shot some stills and rode and did some video and whatnot. And, you know, it's like, we're, of course, we're like a little nervous. You know, you're just like, oh, like he's super fast. You know, is the bike going to hold up? You know, so on and so forth. But it's just like, that's just part of the deal. You know, like. Yeah. I mean. Like it doesn't matter what what brand bike you're on, you can break it. it you know, I mean, crazy stuff happens. But I mean, you know, I think it's 
you're talking about a bike like at the, you know, at the Dakar. I mean, I'm not going to throw some shade on the Austrian brand, but I'm just going to state some of the obvious stuff that, you know, they had mechanical issues with those bikes. And that's a bike that's years in the making. Dude, everybody has. I mean, it's literally like the gnarliest race in the world. Like it's, it's, that's the name of the game is breaking stuff. So, you know, but that, Hey, that's part of the deal. And you know, who knows? I mean, it could, he could, uh, kill it and not have one problem. That's a possibility too. You know, it's just like, but I think it's the way we're looking at it. Um, you know, from our, from Covey's standpoint and the way Mason's looking at it too, because I talked to him about it yesterday and like Mason really seems to be like a straight shooter. I mean, I don't really think he's one to like put on an act No. and I mean, a, he says like, Hey, like I love the bike. It works awesome. I'm super happy. And I'm like, well, that's cool because you've rode some really other rad bikes. So, you know, I think your opinion goes a long way. Yeah. Um, but then the other thing you told me too, he's like, yeah, it's, you know, if it, it's all development, it's all about like making the brand better, making the bike better, you know, figuring out what breaks. Yeah. Um, and th- that's part of the deal. I mean, I, I don't know if you noticed last year, they had some of the, the carbon towers on the Coves last year crack. And uh, there's literally this video of the CEO like grinding this metal bracket on a bench grinder in the support truck and like putting it on the bike. I mean, like what CEO is doing that? Yeah. Um, and like here we are, you know, nine months later and like my production bike has has a bracket to keep it from breaking. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's how quick it was. Yeah. Um, so I, I just think it's one of those deals where, man, I mean, you know, with things like you just, you just got to go for it. And they definitely wouldn't be where they've gotten. Um, if they hadn't already like rolled the dice a little bit and Hey, you know, we're, I'm pumped to be a part of it. Mason said he was pumped to be a part of it and like win, lose or draw. Like we're going to learn some stuff that's going to improve the bike in the future and you know, what better way to do it. Yeah. No. And, and you know, that's something I had a early on, there was a conversation and I think this was back when Skyler, you know, when, when the news split that, uh, him and Husky, uh, were, were going their separate ways, you know, that was a a conversation, uh, in a group that now's the time. Like, I think that with somebody ending up on the Covey team and being able to help like develop and get that bike, you know, get it, uh, I'm going to use the term up to speed, but, you know, help develop it and turn it into something. I mean, that both for the brand and for the resume of that rider is huge because that's one of the things I've seen in a lot. And I think it runs in a lot of industries is just like, okay, well, a lot of people, I think, just want to be hired guns. I'm just here to ride. But it's like, okay, what does the bike need? I don't know, or like any other sponsored, you know, back when I used to race uh, RC cars semi-professionally, I would ask them about, hey, what do you think about your car? It's dialed, bro. It's dialed. What what good does that do me? I don't know what yeah. that, I don't know what that means. I need to, yeah. like, you know, so the, I think that this is that growth and then having Mason be able to do that, um, I think it's going to be huge. I think we just need an all USA rally team. <laughs> I mean, that, that would get a lot more people watching. Yeah. Yeah. We can, uh, I'm going to vote for a uh, gnarly Davis team manager. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I, hey, I, I'm in, I'm right. in, I'll go. Perfect. <laughs> yes. I, I will there, I will wash the tires by hand and each chain link. 
Perfect. Hey, you guys heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is the day that we started planning. Yeah, exactly. Rally Team USA. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we could come up with some some catchy names. <laughs> nice. So, all right. So you got some more riding to do tomorrow headed to Utah or what was that? No, bro. I'm Well, we did burritos in the sky rally route today, which you've ridden. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow we did the, we did the whole Mojave today. And tomorrow I'm going to take him on uh, Brayback on Ricky's uh, favorite rally route of mine, which is Narnia through the mountains. Remember that? Nice. Uh, oh, yes. That's the one I did on the 790. Yeah, I remember. Remember <laughs> that hill? You're like, bro, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that uphill. So I would. Yeah, I still remember. I'm sitting in the bush and I'm looking at it and going, I don't know what's on the other side. And you say, bro, I wouldn't put you through anything that I didn't think you were capable of. As I get to the top of this thing and it's straight down on the other side. I mean, full lock all the way down. It was awesome. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, Victor, are you telling me that like at the top of the steep hill, I should check up? Uh, yeah, but you're on a 450 that weighs how many pounds? It's like 319, I think. I was on my full weight 790. Oh yeah, that sounds um. And 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 spicy. just and and picture this: it was a serene. <laughs> serene desert landscape just in time for two jeeps to show up as i'm trying to will myself down this hill like i'm up <laughs> at the top of this hill checking my shorts and, and these guys roll up and then and then they're right on the trail like i'm going to be able to rope this heavy ass bike in and in, in three feet <laughs> so you did Vic. you did really good bro i was really proud of you you navigated really well you know, I just shadowed you and you did, you did awesome, bro. Honestly, except when I got lost in the wash down in the bottom. Oh <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. yeah. We won't talk about that. You know, I mean, Hey, that happens to the best of us, man. Sometimes sand starts to look real, uh, real like things. It all starts to run together. Well, yeah. and and then again, once again, being on the seven ninety, it's like, I, you know, beef, my theory in sand is like airplanes. The bigger the airplane, the faster you have to be going because of stall speeds. <laughs> so for me, bigger bike and sand means faster. Jimmy Lewis very clearly disagreed with me and I agree with him. I mean, it's a balanced thing. It's just making it's compensating for lack of technique. But, it's, but he's like, bro, I just saw you blow by. I'm like, well, I wasn't looking around. I was worried about what was ahead. You're like, I was just trying to keep this thing upright. Yeah, my, my thought was upright. Don't, you know, don't adventure taco, not splat taco, you know. So, but it was it was good. And and yeah, uh, gnarly Dave, I know you can hear there's some badass routes that you've got out there. There's been each one of them has been nothing but fun. So. You there's know. like so many, there's so many more, bro, that you haven't even seen that I just got to take you on. I, I mean, we didn't have to do a route. I mean, it's on my GPS and we can just ride them and they're, yeah. they're so fun. I got to do, I got all this fancy navigation stuff on my uh, bike and I've only used it a couple times. So yeah, no. Yeah. You know what? You just got to ride, bro. Yeah. I was telling Jeeves about SoCal Rally and how fun that was. And, uh. When is SoCal Rally again? Uh, I believe it's March. It's usually around like the St. Patrick's Day time. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to, Jubal doesn't know it, but I'm going to try and talk Jubes into leaving his 450 Covey here for, you know. There we go. To store it. Just in case. Just in case. Just for that. Yeah. For the quick, yeah. for the quick jaunt down to, down to SoCal. Yeah, that yeah. that was yeah that I had a lot of fun and I I told you my goal this year is to actually finish at least one stage but the, in my mind if I can finish one I can finish the rest 
Yeah. So, and that, you know, that I had a really good time. It was fun hanging out you and Papa Taco and then hanging out with Mason and Lex. I mean, dude, it was such a good time and everyone there was so good and super friendly. And it, dude, it was just, I, I'm glad you talked me into that going to there. It was really fun. Yeah. It's super like I, it was like the right thing. It's like super chill. Everybody's good just having us. It's not racing. Everybody's just out doing road books. It's just fun. And, and the routes are good. The books are good. Yeah. Well, I, I had mentioned in one of the other uh, in one of the other shows is like, I'm, you know, I'm thinking rally comp. Okay. What happens if I miss a waypoint? You know, I'm going to be lost. You know, I don't have this stuff, but no, dude, the road books were except for that one hill. That was where I learned my lesson where you taught me about looking ahead. <laughs> yeah it, it was starting to turn into a groundhog day thing <laughs> I, I just wanted to keep going back and doing it until i got it right oh yeah, that, i didn't i didn't make that day because I, I had a tour in baja so you were solo that day no that was the one where we went up the hill we're like no dude if you would have looked ahead you would have seen that you oh, had yeah, to go yeah, up yeah, the hill. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah you're right you're right that was right after the sand wash that i decided to go 6k up the wrong way <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> how far are you gonna go I don't know. I'm looking for the exit. <laughs> I mean, six is better than 60. I, yes, yeah. this is true. I mean, I kept looking for the freeway exit number and I just couldn't find it. <laughs> I figured eventually I'd hit a highway. <laughs> well, I might have to, I might have to cordially invite myself this year or for 24. Dude. Yeah, it is. It is an absolutely must do. It, it's just, yeah. it's so much fun and everybody's just hanging around like, like, I, you know what? Even if I was, wasn't riding, it's worth the drive to just go hang out with everybody. It's just so much yeah. fun. It really and I finally is. Met happy, I finally met happy Dave there. And that was, that was pretty cool for me to meet happy Dave. <laughs> it's like, Oh, he's the other Dave in rally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All there right. is no David only Nar. Ah, uh, yes, <laughs> this is correct. There's gnarly <laughs> Dave and there's happy Dave. Nar and happy. For sure. Nice. Excellent. Well, I'm going to let you guys get to it. I'm sure 200 miles and then doing some more riding tomorrow. Tomorrow's route's fun. I remember that. I remember the, uh, I remember we stopped to have lunch. That was pretty awesome. Oh, that's where I'm taking Jeeves tomorrow, dude. I go, dude, you're going to have the best burgers. And it's just this little, little, I can't even describe it in the middle of this town in a valley. And it's just like, what so good i and and i will say i have a pretty good sense of direction i mean i'm i'm fair I'm, I'm fairly good at that i had not the singlest of well those playing the home game know what i the word that goes there i had no idea where we were like i could not like i would have had to have climbed to the top of one of those hills to maybe try and get an idea of where we were which yeah, is awesome that route Oh, yeah, on that route, I mean, I got you going all kinds of different ways. You're in the mountains, and you can't get a really good bearing. You can't see the sun because the mountains and the trees. And it, it, it's – I mean, you got to rely on your, your navigating skills. It's pretty good. Yeah. I like that route. The uh, the the wash I, – I don't want to give too uh, – yeah, I'm not going to give too much away. But that one rocky wash, that was uh, – I, oh, yeah. I think it was kind of early on. That was also fun too. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's uh, that's a good one. That is that is definitely a good one. So yes, it is my masterpiece of routes. That's the is that the crowning achievement? I don't know. Ricky says it's his favorite, but dude, I really love burritos in the sky because burritos in the sky takes you 
Um, it takes you to the crash site, takes you to Husky, takes you to the petroglyphs. I tried to get Cameron to go today, but he tapped out, but whatever. Um, but yeah, and then there's canyons after the petroglyphs, dude, are epic. I, I really, I think burritos in the sky is my crowning achievement, but yeah, it's pretty epic. I, I mean, Narnia, Narnia is great too. Yeah. And Narnia is like 110 miles, so it's pretty good. Dude, yeah. so the special treat today, um, was the, there was the one time that I almost got lost today was uh, we're going, we're just like cruising on this road. And Nars Nar points ahead and like here comes his F twenty two on the like fighter jet, like just kinda like right off the deck. And like coming in hot, like on our left side, and I'm just like, Oh, look at that. And he he saw us, obviously, because dude, he kicks in the afterburners, like these two little like white contrails start like pouring off the edge of the wings, and he just like fully inverts it. And it's just like pointing the canopy at us. And I'm just like, uh, I'm just looking straight <laughs> up. Like, yeah, I'm not even driving this motorcycle. I'm not riding it. I'm not driving it. I'm just like, I'm a floating head right now watching this F-22. <laughs> it was, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, oh and, and Tomb of the Boneyard uh, for the airplanes. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, I didn't get to see uh, that one. The, it'd be a great it'd be a great place for like an end of the world apocalyptic i i went to the uh, movie i went to the uh i went to the crash site yeah to the crash site yeah the uh the airplane boneyards at the end um but yeah dude we got back at like 5 40 it was dark dude we're doing like single track and, and at night but hey you know the headlights on that cove are really good <laughs> the headlights are- i'm like i'm like this is uh this is you guys today in the desert. That, that was that was us today, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like I'm like Jews, I'm gonna get closer so I can see because I just have my stock light and my four fifty X, which is like a candle. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I can go fast, but is it worth it? I don't know. <sighs> yeah, the lights are good. The lights are really we tested those like hundred yeah. percent real world testing. They work. Yeah, well, I thought I was gonna light J- Nars jacket on fire with the lights if I got too close. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he was staying back, <laughs> dude. That's I mean that that's good because I mean what are the first things right? You desert tank, um, desert tank lighting, um, damper, damper, hand guards, and yeah. Hand guards. I mean, so if you got, got I mean, all. yeah. So okay, yeah. So if you get the COVID like the standard rally edition, you'll need the hand guards. You'll need the stabilizer. Yep. And but you already have the big tank. You already have the good lights. Yeah. And I got, and you know, I got to say that that thing looks pretty mean. I, the, the light, the way that the lights are set up, it looks mean. I like, I like that look. It looks aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. Like riding in the, the dust coming back. Cause then you had like twin white lightsabers of like, you know, light coming through the dust. It looked cool. Yeah. Definitely got a couple little helmet cam clips of that where it's looking pretty sweet. Uh. I don't know. Does, do you know if Gary still has them in stock? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I I would happen to know that he does have those in hey, stock. You have, a, you have a connection now. Yeah, you know a guy. Yeah, know, you know a guy. I, I know bro. a guy. <laughs> yeah, you know their media guy. Their their guy. Oh, yeah. You'll have to send me an email and I'll see what I can do. Let's see what you can do about it. Yeah, this is the, the, world's, most, the world's most expensive podcast. Hey, I mean... <laughs> We'd like to thank our we'd like to thank our sponsors, Barclays. Yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> that's what I'm saying, man. That's who, that's who I have. They work. They're great. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, you know. I, yeah, now that I'm getting older, they've literally turned from my racing sponsor to my home improvement sponsor. So we're still very much in contact. Ah, very nice. <laughs> it, it, you know what? But that's the thing. It's all about lasting relationships. <laughs> hey, that's right. <laughs> oh, man. But, dude, that's awesome. Well, you're going to have fun tomorrow. I know that one is uh, is going to be rad for sure. Nar, did we, yeah. do, did we do... Did we do Dos Mujeres or no? Dos Mujeres? Um, no, I think we just did you, did, you did Narnia and Burritos in the Sky. Those are the only two you've done. Okay. I don't yeah. know why I thought, I, I don't know well, why I thought. We probably I talked done. about it because I probably asked you a bunch of questions on like for rallying out or something. So. Oh, okay. Maybe that's why. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Vic was my. I was like, oh, I don't know how this works. So I'm like, oh, how do then like I gotta call Taco. Yeah, I'm like, Taco tech support. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He walked me through a lot of stuff till I figured it out. So I'm very grateful for you, Taco. Yeah, no, I appreciate you being uh being the coach out in the uh, out in the field, especially when I missed the first turn <laughs> two kilometers <laughs> in. <laughs> Yeah, that's all right. What do you do? I'm like, dude, it was like I still had one tenth to go before I needed to turn. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah. No, I was micromanaging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but fun times. Excellent. All right, guys. Well, have a good evening. Get some rest. And uh, I hope to see a lot of pictures tomorrow. Sounds great. Yep. Thanks, for, thanks for having us. Yeah. For sure, Taco. Absolutely. Talk to you soon, buddy. All right, Nar. We'll see you guys. All right, thank you. All right. See ya. All right, bye. Bye. All right, so there you have it, Jubal Brown, and with backup vocals, Gnarly Dave. Dude, that was that was pretty awesome. I wonder, am I am I going to get a copyright strike? Because, like, I remember being out at the uh, at the monument at the crash site, and you know, it was it was pretty cool. There's uh, there's a lot to see out in the desert in Southern California. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing some of that stuff in in March. Got to start getting ready for that, and then February coast to coast rally, and then uh, Sonora rally at some point, Battleborn rally, Kota uh, rally. There is a lot of stuff coming up. I'm getting a little bit tired. I've been up since three in the morning, and it is officially ten o'clock at night. So. It is going to be time to say adieu. And we'll be talking to you guys soon for the next episode. By this time, you guys have heard from Edgar Cota and a couple of others. So I hope everything is going well with you guys. We're winding down the year, getting close to the end. And we're going to have a big year 2024 coming up. So hope you guys are enjoying. And remember, it'll make sense when you get there. Enjoy the ride. All right, that is a wrap for the Chasing Waypoints podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Looking forward to our next one coming up. Remember, if you are out riding, do not forget to tag us at Chasing Waypoints. Hashtag Chasing Waypoints. And if you haven't already, get on over to the website. Get signed up for the newsletter, The Bivouac. North America's Rally Raid and Adventure Riding newsletter hey let's have some fun let's find out what are you guys up to let's get you featured 
If you're a brand and looking to get supported, get some eyeballs, get some ears on your business. Absolutely. Hit us up. Send us a message at podcast at Chasing Waypoints. But anyway, that is a wrap. Remember, shiny side up. See you guys. Hey guys, what's going on? This is Victor with the Chasing Waypoints podcast. Hey, super quick. We have got some news for you guys. So Mira Activewear, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the brand. You should be. You've seen their handiwork if you've seen pictures of Happy Dave and a few of our other riders here in the States. But also in the Dakar rally, a lot of the top pros wearing their windbreakers, custom made uh, rally suits and things like that. They have been phenomenal. They are a very, very high quality product. Awesome printing, design team, everything. But the reason we're interrupting this episode is they have got a fundraiser and promotional raffle going on right now between now and February. You want to get on over there. So you can purchase a limited edition Mira bandana set. So three special designs that will get you entered into the contest for a grand prize of a full rally suit. So check out all the rules and limitations, all that fun, you know, all that jargon. Get on over to the website. Link is in the description. And let's get back to the episode. What's going on, guys? Victor with the Chasing Waypoints podcast. All right. Are you looking to promote your brand to a worldwide audience on the podcast? Drop us a line at podcast at chasingwaypoints.com. And let's talk. See what we can do about getting you some more ears for your company and getting the word out worldwide.